0: Hello, this is Joey, the host of Voices of America's Veterans. We're doing things a little bit differently. I have a special guest here. Who do I have with me?
1: His daughter named Daenerys, but I go by Danny.
0: So yeah, I have Danny with me today. We're gonna talk a moment about someone who's very special with us.
1: Yeah, we love we love her very much. Yeah. She's a very loving person. And we we love her so much.
0: Is, is she very special?
1: Yep, she's very special. She yeah. was she was in the veterans' place.
0: She well, you know, you, you said she was a veteran. You know what she was a veteran of? You can talk. It's okay.
1: Okay, so <laughs> I think she she was either in the navy or the air force.
0: Well, your first one was right.
1: She was in the navy. She
0: was in the navy. So who who are we talking about? Who are we introducing?
1: My dad's mom.
0: <coughs> My dad's
1: mom named Mary, but I call her Grammy.
0: That's right. My mom, our Grammy, she was a veteran. What does she do now?
1: She um works as a teacher.
0: So now she's a teacher.
1: Yeah, but she used to run in the She used to run in the navy.
0: Yeah, that was that was well, we like to say that was a different life, but that was a while ago. that was before Daddy was even born.
1: Whoa, that is amazing, right?
0: <laughs> yes, that is amazing because you know what well, she met Grumpy when she was in the Navy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna and I'm gonna talk with Grammy about that on the podcast, but we're you wanted to record, and so here we're gonna record, and like I said, we're just gonna talk about Grammy for a moment. Yeah. You said you love her very much and that she was in the Navy and that she was a teacher.
1: Yeah, and also she is a very loving person, like yeah. I said. And
0: she's a very loving person. That's right.
1: So, I'm going to ask a few questions <laughs> about my Grammy. Oh,
0: so, Daddy. oh you're, you're going to ask me about Grammy? Okay.
1: So, Daddy, how old is Grammy?
0: I don't think Grammy wants us to talk about that. But Grammy does have a birthday coming up in December.
1: so what presents would she would we buy her
0: well i know grammy likes sweaters
1: oh especially hoodies oh oh and also we have a special guest (laughs) named madeline Uh, but i call her sissy i don't
0: think i don't think sissy wants to be a part of it
1: yeah, but I'm just going to talk a few things about her. So, she's very well, good at knitting. She okay. has a sewing machine. Well, let machine. me let me
0: interrupt you because this Ugh. is this is about Grammy. So, mama,
1: mama, 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 mama. <laughs> since since you
0: can't see, Danny's grabbing my mouth and moving my lips. So,
1: mama, mama, mama. Okay, mama. are we
0: are we done talking about Grammy?
1: Nope.
0: Well, what what else do you want to say about Grammy before Daddy starts the podcast?
1: Hey, um I think we should like buy her some sweaters and maybe I can buy her and maybe I can buy her a little ornament for her tree and it's actually going to be a sweater that's an ornament.
0: Oh, a sweater ornament? I think, I think she would like that.
1: Yeah, I think she would love it because she loves sweaters.
0: Because her birthday is pretty close to Christmas, isn't it?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get her, if it's cheap and i still have my money i'm gonna get her a sweater ornament so it's a sweater and a hanger and the hanger part where you hang stuff up is the or is the ornament part where you hang it up on the tree
0: i think she would like that
1: gurgle gurgle gurgle
0: okay so now danny's taking a drink and yeah we've been going on for a few minutes now but yeah danny wanted to be a part of the podcast so just wanted to have her on so we could talk for a few minutes about my guest and like i said it's a very special guest someone who's very special to me my yeah. mom uh what what do you what do you call my mom again what's your name for her
1: so i call her grammy she but her calls real her grammy yeah but her real name is actually mary
0: mary that's right and again we love her we love her lots and we're very proud of the fact that she was in the navy she's a veteran yeah, and she's I'm- a teacher
1: yeah, and I'm so excited to celebrate Veterans Day. Wait. Oh. Was Veterans Day already passed? No,
0: Veterans Day is coming up.
1: Oh, so I'm s- excited for Veterans Day. Be- Wait, is Grammy still a veteran now? Yep,
0: she's always going to be a veteran.
1: Oh, so
0: So, do we love our veterans?
1: Yes, yeah. I am going to write her a little I'm going to write her a really cute card including decorations. Okay. Because I am a really creative person, right, Daddy? You are
0: very creative.
1: Because I, I could make a gumball machine without failing.
0: Yep, you sure did.
1: Yeah, so um, okay. I'm going to make her a really special card. And maybe I will, like, record a video for her, maybe, and use it as a present.
0: Oh, I think that would be very nice. So is there anything you want to say to grammy or any of the other veterans before we we start the podcast
1: um i'm gonna ask you a few questions Well, no
0: i i think that's enough questions i think we need to get started so is there anything you want to say to grammy or the veterans
1: i love you grammy bye guys i love everyone
0: that's right we love you guys talk to you later bye bye and before we get into the podcast, I wanted to warn you the listeners that there was an issue with the quality of the audio. I'm not sure what it was, but continuing to learn and move forward with the podcast. I uh, had a lot of fun speaking to my mother and learning just a little bit that, you know, hadn't really talked to her about before. So I wanted to go ahead and share that and hopefully in the near future I'll be able to sit down with her with much better quality and you know just again just record some memories and share with everybody who wants to hear it. So thank you for your patience as I continue to grow and learn and fix the issues that come up with the podcast. <music> Hello, this is Joey Verhalen and this is Voices of America's Veterans, a podcast dedicated to the talking cure for preventing veteran suicide as well as saving our veterans stories in their own voices. Uh, With me this evening is someone very special to me, my mom. Uh, Mom, go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Hi, um, I'm Mary Verhalen and I'm a Navy veteran. All
0: right, thank you so much for being here, I do appreciate that. Uh, as of the time of recording this I still have to get my dad on here but you know maybe we can maybe we can work on that Uh, but again uh, yeah I I might be a little bit biased here but I think your story is pretty interesting because you know there is a pretty I think a pretty special event (laughs) to come out of your time in the service uh, why why, why don't you why don't you take it over let's hear from you well,
2: uh, the one how it culminated in something special—that that story.
0: Well, I mean, where, wherever you want to start. Like, okay. there, there's a couple of talking points that I'll hit, but like, okay, so this is basically your time.
2: Okay, so this particular story begins on the island of Guam, and I was a cryptologic technician, and so I worked in secure spaces where you need to know a code to get in the building, and then you needed to know another code to get into my spaces so I was the administrative person in the office and so if someone didn't know the code they had to ring the bell and I had to get up and answer the door and so the doorbell rang and I got up to answer it and there was the most handsome green-eyed marine I'd ever seen in my life and I said (laughs) in my head I said oh my god I know I'm gonna marry this guy (laughs) and so long story short there on the On the island of Guam, we got married. He was a Marine and I was in the Navy. Um, And so it was time for us to go to a new duty station up for a transfer. And our recruiter, our, um, what do you call them? The guys who uh, send you places?
0: Uh, I I know uh, for me, we called them uh, command career counselors.
2: No, that was. Or Navy counselors. There was another name for them back then.
0: Um, Oh, um... No, specifically, it was a detailer. Detailer, that's right. it. Detailers, yes. Yeah.
2: So we. See, I'm,
0: I'm having to remember these things as I go along. Yeah,
2: it, it's been it's been a very long time for me. <laughs> so we both got on with our detailers, and we explained the situation. You know that we were in the same field, but we were in different branches. He was a crypto. He was the marine equivalent of a cryptologic technician. And so we begged and we begged and we begged for the two of them to get together and send us the same duty station and lo and behold they did but they cautioned us don't ever ask for this again because this is like one in a million and so they sent us to misawa japan which i mean i was grateful that we were going together but i wasn't excited about going to japan it was it just seemed so far away and it was it was so far away um but that is where i became pregnant with the person that i'm talking to right now (laughs) and so he was born on the air force base in misawa japan
0: so for for your phil you said you're in cryptology uh now i i kind of remember you know we we didn't talk about it a whole lot growing up but i kind of remember you telling a story about when you took the app there was a portion of it um, I mean, I, I scored very well on the ASFAB, which is the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. It basically determines your placement in the military as far as what field you go into. And there was a portion where you had to look at a code and then go back to a chart to see what that code corresponded to and then answer the question with that code. And I remember saying how it that was the only section that I did poorly on. And I remember you said something about that section of the test.
2: Well, you know, recruiters lie to you. And who knows if the guy was telling me the truth. But they said, in when I took it, they called it linguistics. And he said that um, that was the highest score in linguistics that he had ever seen. And that he wanted to put me in the cryptologic technician interpretive branch. And I was all about that because I had already I already spoke French, so I was, yeah put me in linguistics. Um, <laughs> but when it then so he kind of blew a lot of smoke up my butt and told me that that was what I was getting. But when I when push came to shove, I didn't. Instead of cryptologic technician um, interpretive, I got cryptologic technician administrative. But that's how they do it, you know. They tell you one right. thing and they do something else. So.
0: Yeah, that's one of, one of the phrases you've become familiar with. is uh, The short version is the needs of the Navy, but basically they'll tell you one thing, but when push comes to shove, they're going to get their way regardless of how you feel.
2: And and that was exactly what happened. I, I cried and I said, but that's not what my recruiter said. <laughs> well, that's too bad. This is where you're going, so... Get over it, but it all worked out because I ended up really loving the job, and um, I think if we had to do it over again, I think we got out when when you were born, um, and I think if we had to do it over again, I would have stayed in and w- we would have had your dad get out because um, I I really liked it. I was and I was good at it, you know. I've got four on all my evals and. I I got every promotion I went up for and so I should have stayed but we didn't you know we were young and we didn't really know what the world was like so
0: yeah okay well um, now was cryptology is that something that normally requires a security clearance?
2: Oh yeah that's cryptology is the secret is the whole thing
0: Okay.
2: And then when I got to uh, Misawa, I had like the highest security clearance there that exists. Um, Special projects. Oh, okay. So,
0: did did they tell you that's the clearance that you had?
2: I had it. I mean, I have stripes on my badge. They they put all these different color stripes on your badge. And you know, some people had red, some people had yellow, some people had blue, some people had black. I had them all. I had I had every color.
0: Well, because I know, uh, you know, the first part of my career, I was on subs, so you had to have a secret clearance just to step on the submarine. Mm -hmm. But then later on, uh, somebody was reviewing my service record, and at some point in my service record, I had been operationally upgraded, which is something that's quite common once you get in I, as I understand it but I asked them what the clearance level was just out of curiosity and they said well you don't currently have a security clearance so we can't tell you what the clearance was
2: oh no so, I had top secret special projects yeah so, so but I didn't understand any of it you know I didn't, <laughs> it didn't matter to me because to me it looked like a bunch of gobb- gobbledygook Right. Um, so I would go get things off the printer and, you know, I would have to put them in these special folder and to carry them through the hallway and all that. That didn't mean anything to me. You know, I, I look right at them and not know what I was doing.
0: But, but at the same time, you know, I know I saw quite a few people, I mean, their careers would get ruined because they would make a mistake that had nothing to do with their job, but it affected their security clearance.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. But when you're overseas, you don't really have much of an opportunity to do anything like that. I mean, there's not much way to get in trouble. Okay. When you're when you're in Japan or Guam, your 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 world is very small, and there's just not a lot. of... I guess if you went to Tokyo or something like that, but our our world just seems so small. But nobody ever gotten in, got in trouble. I never knew anybody that was in trouble ever. I knew, you know, a couple people in different, like, um, what do you call those? Rate the radio guys, Radiomen. men. Um, I knew a couple of radio men getting in trouble, but they weren't, they didn't have, they didn't have clearances, so.
0: Yeah. Well, was there? I mean, you, you just, you just kind of said you kind of had a small world where you were serving and when you were serving. Uh, was there any time? Any, any kind of story that from your time in the service that you'd want to share right now?
2: Um, okay, you said you had editing abilities, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't know if you want to put this out there, but, you know, your dad and I were dating and we were on a base and there was nowhere to have any privacy. There just, you just didn't The Navy did not encourage you to have any privacy. Okay. So he he had a car. And so we went out what we thought was out in the boondocks, still on the base, but (laughs) out in the boondocks and took this little dirt road, dirt path. Oh, I don't know, maybe 50 feet off the paved road. And we were just doing what two kids would do, and all of a sudden the lights come on behind us and the loudspeaker the, the megaphone or whatever. Get out of the vehicle with your hands up. <laughs> now, luckily we were closed and everything. Praise God for that. But so yeah, so we had to get we had to get out of the vehicle with our hands up and show our app then. Very slowly, show our IDs, and so that was pretty embarrassing.
0: So, was this was this a place that you were just not supposed to be, or was it just the fact that you were out of the way that they found you? Or,
2: well, the whole base—it was uh, the base was the naval communication station, and okay. so everything that went on there was their business. You know, it's their base. What is this car right. doing out here? You know, we could have been. We could have been—I don't know—Russian, foreign nationals. Yeah, yeah. Four, yeah. We could have been anybody. <laughs> Job, you know, to find. We would have been better off just to sit in the parking lot. But, <laughs> but no, we, we're so dumb.
0: Nah. So well, that's
2: how small our world was. You know, there was just <laughs> absolutely nowhere to go to, to be, have uh, nowhere people used to go up on rooftops and all kinds of crazy stuff to be, you know, to find some privacy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I I don't see anything wrong with that. And, yeah, but I I will say that, you know, Sheila won't, Sheila will get upset if if I share too many details. But there was actually a time where I did something pretty similar to that. I was on 24 hour duty and the duty that I was standing, I had a pretty high low uh, position of authority, but Sheila wanted to come down and she wanted the tour. And while she, while she was doing the tour, you know, like, Hey, let's step off to the side. And I'll just say that we didn't get caught. <laughs> well, but, that's so... good.
2: Cause, <laughs> cause getting caught is highly embarrassing. It's very, well, Very embarrassing.
0: Well, for me, like I said, uh, I was the... I think the title was Repair Duty Officer. And it was a shipyard. So I was responsible... I was indirectly responsible for all the repairs that were supposed to be happening on the waterfront. And even though it was a small base, you know, there's a lot going on. So again, you know, I had what was considered to be, you know an officer's level position of authority as far as, you know, my responsibility and wh- and who I answered to. So if I had been caught, there would have been no smack on the wrist. It would have went very badly for me.
2: <laughs> no, I don't but. think they even the, the MPs, I don't think they even tattled on us because <laughs> nobody ever said anything. We, we were really worried, you know, that we were going to get called in. <laughs> By our, you know, not our CEO because it wouldn't go that far, but our, you know, my chief or whatever. <laughs> but no, we never. I don't think the. I think the MPs just, just let it go. <clears throat> they said, "Don't ever do this again." We said, "No, no, no, we won't. Get when we won't, because we don't want <laughs> to." Yeah, we yeah, we were scared to death.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Obviously, I've never. You know, been a part of you and you and Dad. You know any kind of those activities, but I can just imagine the look on your face knowing you growing up. I can imagine how embarrassed you were. I was
2: highly embarrassed. (laughs) Very
0: embarrassed. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's great.
2: But at least when I stepped out of the vehicle, all my clothes were on. That that was
0: good.
2: You know, I was real. I was happy
0: about that. oh my goodness so you're just human after all you did the same things that I did
2: (laughs) yeah but I was older (laughs) I wasn't still in high school
0: Uh, well I was talking about my time in the military (laughs) oh okay oh my goodness okay well uh I mean I don't have anything else like I said you know this is pretty informal I do appreciate you sharing. Well, you're to- very welcome. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I I had a couple of questions I want to ask, but I didn't write them down. So, I mean, if there's nothing else you wanted to share right now, oh, actually, I did want to talk about something real quick. Uh, okay. I don't know. I wouldn't say a phenomenon, but one of the things I've noticed especially now that I've started getting back in touch with veterans since I've been out. Um, Well, let's hear you say it. What what are you doing now for your career?
2: I'm a school teacher.
0: You're a school, and you're a public school teacher, correct? Public school teacher. Okay, so, I mean, obviously you're my mom, and I haven't, you know, I haven't hid that fact, but, you know, this is where my hero worship comes out a little bit. I I've, I've noticed with within the veteran community, you know, a lot of veterans go back into some form of some form of service when they get out of the military. So I mean, was it was it always your plan to be a teacher when you got out of the Navy or uh, No,
2: it wasn't. It, I kind of took the long way around, but that I mean, that's what I always wanted to do. Um we we kind of we were really we struggled a lot when we first both of us got out and we came back here to Texas where we live, Um, we struggled. Um, And so an opportunity came up for me to go to nursing school and use my VA bill. Um, So I did that. But just because that was a way for me to get some money. It wasn't that I really wanted to be a nurse. I just, I needed money. So um, I did that. It took a year to get through school and then I worked for a year. And then I said, -hmm, yeah, no, this isn't for me. So I went back. Then I went back to school and got my degree in education. Um, But, yeah, I think you're right. I think we all um, veterans, like your dad is a paramedic, and um, I I think we all have a call to serve in some way, which is when I was 18 years old and joined the Navy, that wasn't in my head. But it is now. It, it's you know I'm I'm exceedingly proud of being a veteran. Um, I brag about it every chance I get. I brag about the fact that my husband's a vet, my son's a vet. Um, that you know that we we just we live by that creed. You, you know we don't. That's it. We we serve our country. Um, you don't have to stand for the pledge because I. You know, because that's your choice, but I'm going to.
0: Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's. Yeah. I. I've, for for some reason, you know, I won't get into get get into it too deep, but you know, when you say you're a military veteran, you know, you there's normally a great deal of respect from the public that goes along with that, and you know, even now with the COVID, you know there's still not very much respect given to teachers, but I think, you know, I, I really think they deserve at least a, a similar amount of respect because I mean, I mean, let's, you know, I, I could wax poetic, you know, and talk about, you know, you're, you are shaping the future. You know, you're, you're guiding these young minds and, you know, just day in and day out, you're taking that on your shoulders and not everybody can do that.
2: I my friends and I kind of laugh about it because last March when everybody went home and all these parents realized what we were doing you know it was all over Facebook how great teachers were and when school starts anything you want teacher you got it I got your back and all this stuff and then when school started all you heard was oh those lazy teachers they don't want to go back to work oh please you know are you serious are you kidding me
0: yeah, you know, nothing, Nothing's has really changed as far as the situation, but the thinking around it is almost 180 degrees. Right. But, so, yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, and, the, and I went into the military because I was, my parents didn't go to college and they really didn't shape me to go to college. Um, I was just kind of left my own to figure out what I was going to do. And I didn't have the tools. I really didn't. And so this my best friend said, well, let's join the Navy. And I said, hey, what a <laughs> great idea. And so we both went to the recruiter, and we were going to go in on the buddy system, but we couldn't. And so she went in three months ahead of me, and guess what? She lasted two weeks.
1: Oh, wow. And
2: so she came back, don't go, don't go, don't go. It's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. Well, I that's just not how I was raised if you're gonna do something you're gonna do it and it, it never entered my mind for not for a minute to quit ever no I was not gonna quit no matter what I don't quit
0: right so. well I, I don't think I ever told you but you know I knew it was coming but when I got off the bus in boot camp and they started screaming at me I seriously started crying and almost got back on the bus but once i once i got over that uh, i pretty much decided that i was gonna stay through but for about 10 seconds there i was having a really hard time making up my mind after i got off the bus there at boot camp.
2: <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> so. i i was scared but and then i had a couple of tantrums in boot camp but but you know
0: it was well, we well, well on, on on this kind of podcast, you know, you can't leave me hanging on that. You know, what, what kind of
2: <laughs> well, we what had what
0: tantrums? Yeah, <laughs>
2: we had a. Well, I don't know what she was. Okay, we had our company commander, and then we had um, this one who had just graduated from boot camp, and she was like her assistant or something like that. So okay. she, she wore a blue epaulet, and she she was she was just a, she was nothing. She was a semen apprentice, but you know she acted like she was all that and so you but when she walked in you were supposed to stand at attention and all this well she walked in one day and i was in my underwear and i'm like i in my head i'll think i'll be goddamned if i'm gonna stand at attention for you in my underwear (laughs) and so she she yelled at me you know she said what are you supposed to do when i walk in i said let me finish getting dressed
0: Yeah, no, I'm not, no, uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Well, let's see, and I know, I mean, I I still remember, like, the, uh, for us, the blue epaulets, you know, they signified, basically, we called them RDCs, you know, recruit division commanders, Mm -hmm. um, but they basically signaled that they were an RDC in training,
2: Oh Damn. no, this girl was straight out of boot camp herself. Okay. And she was just waiting she was just waiting for her A school. And so that's what they did with her in the meantime. But yeah, she was a pain and she thought she was just all that in a bag of chips and she I did not like her at all.
0: <laughs>
2: but I realized, you know, that okay, there's always gonna be people you don't like above you and you've got to learn. So and I right. did and I did, but I'm Still wasn't gonna stand at attention for anybody in my underwear <laughs> and then well, like, another another boot camp story this was, you know that you have your 11 general orders right right and so i for, i couldn't say any of them now to save my life but at the time i could say them all. and right. so we were getting ready to go in the gas chamber and they said okay when you get in there you're going to have to take off your gas mask and then we're going to tell you which general order you want. We want you to recite. And we were all like, oh, they're going to give us number two, which I don't remember which one, which ones were short and which ones were long. But I remember that number 11 was the worst. So we're like, they're never going to make us say number 11. They're never going to make us say number 11. But sure enough, we get in there and they say, all right, take off your gas mask and say general order number 11. Well, that was the one time in my life I was glad I was five foot two because I <laughs> shut up my eyes and I shut my mouth and I held my breath while everybody else said general order number 11. so I was so glad to be short.
0: They, so they just kind of looked over you is what you're saying?
2: They couldn't see me. I was... There was- <laughs> There was what sixty of us in there,
0: <laughs>
2: and I was, you know, like one of the shortest people because I barely made the height. I think five feet foot zero is the height requirement.
0: Um, I I couldn't tell you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it was
2: five foot zero. So I was just two two inches over that. So yeah, I'm not
0: stupid.
2: Wow. <laughs> I'm not gonna burn my eyes and my throat. Mm-mm. <laughs>
0: Well, I, you know, for my part, I did dread the gas chamber, and I told myself, I I knew it was going to happen at some point, but when they, when they sent us up for security training, I knew I was going to have to get pepper sprayed.
2: No, I never had to get
0: pepper sprayed. Well, well, they told us, you know, it is going to be, it's going to be worse than the gas chamber, and I... You know, I, I didn't see how it could be worse because physically at that point in my life that was the worst thing I had ever done and after I got pepper sprayed I found myself wishing I could have just gone through the gas chamber again oh that that's that's how miserable that was
2: uh, yeah I didn't have to do that some of the a lot of the stuff that the other girls women whatever were scared of I was so excited like I was so excited with the in the pool, you know, to jump off the high dive with the pants around my neck. I could wait. Oh! (laughs) I was so excited about that. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, well. Yeah, I believe that was it. I mean, I... Again, my hero worship, come back out, you know, not only are you a military veteran, but, you know, you're a teacher. So, I mean... That serving your community, you've continued that on through your adult life, and you know, for as long as I can remember, you know, that's how you supported your family was as a teacher. So, I mean, again, I, I already said I can't say it any other way. You know, you are my hero.
2: <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. So, yeah,
0: you know, obviously, you know, as a you know little shithead teenager, you know that always doesn't come out, but. Now that I'm on the other side and hopefully a little more grown, a little more mature. And you know, I did speak to Sheila, so I used these same words already, but you know, I'm sharing it with everybody now, so everybody that hears this, I will be accountable to them. You know, I I really appreciate, you know, what you, dad, and everybody did. But, you know, you specifically in my life as a military veteran, as a teacher, and of course as my mom, you know, I just I love you so much and I so much appreciate what you did.
2: Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you. I know everything that you've been through and I admire you as well.
0: Well, I'm still, even, you know, I haven't gotten into my side a whole lot in the podcast, you know, that's going to take a great degree of strength that I don't think I have yet. But, you know, when, when I do, when I do share all that, you know, your part in that will be, I, I, can't think of the right word to say right now but your your part will be made clear and and how i made through it with your support so again i can't overstate it you know you are you are one of my heroes and i am so thankful that i've had you and had your love and help had your help in my life
2: well thank you so much i'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks
0: absolutely okay so i am at this point i am all done so if you don't have anything else to share you know I, i basically will turn it over to you and let you have the last word at this point
2: i i don't else? I, I think I've shared a couple of stories, and um, other than just like, of course, being a mother and giving birth and all that, you know, that's like my number one accomplishment. But I'm so proud of being a vet. I'm, I'm, I really am. It's one of, it's one of my greatest accomplishments.
0: Absolutely, and it's there. There's no shame in taking in taking a great degree of satisfaction. Out of that. I do. Well, again, thank you so much, Mary Verhalen, my mom. You know, know, a little clap for you. Thank you so much for being on here.
2: (laughs) You're very welcome.
0: All right. I will talk to you again very soon. All
2: right. Thank you so much. All
0: right. Love you. Bye. Bye bye. Love you too. Bye.